inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Western. We made our way to the ocean all by ourselves. start there but the mics weren't even on so <laughs> nobody knew well you just pointed it I out. just pointed it out I don't know why thanks a lot <laughs> good morning this is Outlook on Radio Western and we are sitting here by the ocean in, uh, <laughs> in, in the studio Victoria British Columbia by yeah. Alice Road how did you know that that was my favorite sound well you've told me and I really love the sound of the ocean too oh because you went who there d- who doesn't you went there on my birthday so I thought yeah, so this is actually from two weeks ago today. Which is crazy. It seems like it was longer ago, but it was only two weeks ago I was in the West, pretty far from here. In the West. It was a really nice day, actually. Um, I was away there for three weeks in Victoria visiting my girlfriend and finally made it to the ocean on the very last day. And it ended up being the nicest day I was there as well. I think like 10 degrees, nice and sunny. And so I recorded a sample of the ocean, and I thought it'd be great to play on today's show. Yeah, we like to add sounds when we can. Yeah, so we're going to leave that in the background, maybe turn it up at a couple spots. <laughs> um, it switches up eventually. Right now, I'm a, I'm on a walkway that was uh, alongside the water. Um, eventually, I, we, we do go down closer in the, on the rocks where you're like right closer to, close to the water, and I do record again then, and it has a closer sound, so I'll... You'll hear that when it comes, and I'll turn it up a little bit so you can hear the rocks and me walking through the rocks and everything. But, but yeah, I wanted to ask and get in to obviously, you guys. Yeah, so time making it down there, but uh, maybe um, we didn't. We've been back. I've been back for two weeks. Last week we did the interview with Ben Fulton about his experience, his unfortunate experience about be, uh, being refused at a Shell station out west. Another out west topic. <laughs> for having his guide dog and there's a whole situation there yeah and you can uh, find that I'm a little bit behind on archiving previous shows but I will have that up hopefully this week so you'll we'll share it on our Facebook page oh yeah this is be the second clip now when I'm <laughs> are you at the rocks? there you go sounds like it yeah so and we also heard there was someone in the distance playing guitar which is kind of nice oh that was awesome you might be able to hear that a little bit here in this clip that's beautiful so, yeah, I wanted to ask about when you were on your trip, 
the idea that you two made your way down to the ocean, you know, on your own. Yeah, so I guess I said that at the top, at the beginning of that clip. Um, and I was, I think it was because in the moment I was just really happy that we actually made it there. And we did make it by ourselves. We're both, we're both blind. And yeah, I'm not from Victoria, BC, so I didn't really know my way around. But now these days with apps and Google Maps and everything, oh, yeah. um, I mean, for one, it's, this is a discussion that came up there as well quite a bit where I was using the maps, but it's also not... Don't rely on them. Yeah, when you're, when you're blind, those are good tools, but you have to look at it the way... So the, the fancy way of saying it is it's a tool, another tool for your toolkit and your to use. You can't, it, it's in combination with many other things. You still have to know how to travel and cross streets and do all that without a map or without anything. Yeah, because uh, if, um, if your map blows away. Yeah, you never know a phone can die. Know, like or, the time we, went to, we were driving to Florida and our map got sucked out the, dro- the passenger window. Yeah, back in the day in the <laughs> 90s, early 90s when... We were kids. That happened with our parents with with a print map back I think then. I remember so. the wind at, rushing through the window and the sound. It's yeah, it's it pretty out. wild. I've told that story to other people. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically what it is, right? That all of a sudden you could be without the app, and then what are you gonna do? Yeah, so it is good to have that, and it's also it's also a way of looking at the map beforehand too. Like I'll go on Google Maps, look at the directions, and yeah. try and remember the best I can. It's get an image in your head. Yeah, so I have a bit of an idea, so that if something did happen. And then there's always there's other options. You can always ask people around you for help. Sometimes someone might be not comfortable doing that, but I'm I've lived on my own enough and I've done it. As long as you're in a populated place. That you yeah, there's other people around, and yeah. you're not. Yeah, maybe if it's late at night or depending on the situation, it could be a little. But with this, there was a boardwalk, and then there was rocks, and all of a sudden you're down at the edge, and I just was like. Yeah, so we... That's nice. Pretty much to find it to the ocean, we we did look it up on the maps. I looked it up on Google Maps, and we took a bus um, downtown, Victoria, and then from there we had to catch another bus because the ocean obviously isn't downtown. I wonder if that would have been near Monroe's bookshop downtown. Probably somewhere around there, yeah. Famous Um, bookstore out there? Yeah, I know. We went there a couple years ago when we were there for the convention, but... um, yeah, so then we got downtown, and then we did have to ask to find the bus stop for the for the next bus to take to get down, um, away from downtown. And then we got off at the one stop, and then it was, we just asked the driver, we said, which way do we go to get to, to Dallas Road? And he's kind of like, well, you just get out of the bus, turn left, and it's a few blocks down, and then, and then you'll be there. So I did type Dallas Road into Google Maps as well once we were walking, so that I knew once we got there. And then we ended up actually passing it, but then... And that happens a lot. Somebody pointed that out recently that our technique is sometimes you might go too far and then you turn around and backtrack. And that's just how, that's yeah. one other way. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we kind of got a feel um, that, oh, we could have, this should be it. You can kind of feel when you're getting closer to the water. And you could tell that area was a lot quieter out of the downtown region. Mm-hmm. Um, but needless to say, we did find it. And then we turned in and found some gravel. And then we were pretty close, although there I wasn't, quite sure where there would be any sort of walkway. Right. Um, we did come across some steps at first when we got there, and those might have just taken us down to the rocks and water as well, mm-hmm. but it, you couldn't really walk as easily. Um, so then we did run into um, uh, some uh, another lady who was just hanging out there, and she just asked, how are you doing, or whatever, and you need any assistance? And we just said, yeah, we're look, kind of looking for a walkway, and then she did direct us over. It was just over to our right a bit. So we did find this walkway. It wasn't actually a boardwalk because it was like, like cement. cement, I think. Yeah. Um, so she did guide us to that. And then from there, we were good. Um, we just followed it along um, for quite a while. 
and then we we found a spot that did have a bench that we were able to sit down on and just kind of relax and listen to the lovely sound of the ocean because it's kind of like that thing about when you're walking a fairy tale walking through the forest don't wander off the path right but that's what they that's one way they teach blind people to get get about is memorize this route if you need to get here let's look at this route and memorize it specifically where the other technique is that you have to be prepared for all things and you have to just go and and this and this trip for example really did did emphasize the fact of not having an exact route in your head that you've done over and over and over with an instructor because none of this Mm -hmm. stuff i had really done Mm -hmm. it was basically using the directions from the maps and the previous mobility skills i had for being confident traveling and crossing streets living in toronto and stuff like you did yeah from my past and bringing all that together um everything for the most part went quite well like sure we had some hard time finding a few places and, and they get other, turned around and the stuff, other but thing is to trust people and to have faith that people can yeah and that's and that's hard to do especially right. some people have it's harder for some people than others to do that and I, and that's totally understandable because yeah it's you can be uncomfortable around strangers and stuff sometimes but um what i what i tend to notice um is that 90 well Pretty much all of the people I've ever encountered and asked for help have been good and helpful. And we met like a lot of really nice people throughout all of that mm-hmm. um, on my trip. And it was it was a lot of that. It was a lot of what they call structural discovery. <laughs> it's a very um, serious sounding term. That's a good way to discover the uh, coast. But that's that's the method of traveling and, and not having just a set route that you've practiced over and over and over. It's being able to be in any area and using the cues, whether it be the auditory cues by listening and the tactile cues you get with your cane and um, smells if you're looking for a certain restaurant. With your feet, too. We found a, a taco place there that we went to a couple times, and um, we could have based that on smell, but we also kind of... We, we knew the general area with the Google Maps, but I didn't know which door, so we ended up walking in a couple other places, and you open yeah. up a door sometimes right away, you're like, no, this definitely doesn't Remember feel like it. Remember when we went to find uh, that restaurant f- to meet Emily for lunch here... And we, we thought that it was it the probably the smoothie place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is definitely not the restaurant. But then sometimes that also helps because then in the future you know oh yeah. there is a there is a smoothie place. It gives here. you a, a a way to measure in your head how far along you have to walk a building to get to the door you want or. Yeah, so we did we did do a lot of that. Um, the ocean being the one of them there, and then um, another big one that we did on our our trip was go to Vancouver for one of the weekends. So for that, to get to Vancouver from Victoria, you have to take a ferry, of course, um, off the island. So we, um, for that too, we had to take... Buses to get to... Yeah, we had to take a bus to get downtown again and then another bus to get us out of downtown because the the harbor and the the bay where you (laughs) you catch the ferry is is obviously out of downtown. So (laughs) we had to take a second bus to get down there and um, we did get down there and then at the ferry place, they're very helpful. we uh, got our tickets, and then right away they said, "Oh, we can we can page a, a, um, someone who works here to come help you, give you two assistants onto the ferry." Um, so they did that, and again, that was another situation where they said, um, "We're going to call someone. If you grab, there's a seat over here. You can sit and wait, and they'll come." And we were sitting there, and part of me is like, "Maybe we should just try and go and <laughs> figure this out because what if they forget, or what if nobody yeah. comes?" And it turned out someone did come, but there also were times on the ferry. Um, especially on the way back, um, it was actually just a, a random person on the bus that we took to get to the ferry from Vancouver to head back that mm. we ran into, and then she kind of helped us 
Um, but you could also sometimes follow the crowd too, because everyone's heading that same direction. Yeah, you think when a ferry's docking, that's where everybody's going to go. And that's what happened when when we got to Vancouver. The ferry stopped there, and someone was helping us. But then they said, "Hold on a minute, uh, I got to quick do something. I'll be right back." And we stood there for a minute, and then we're like. We hear all these people going the same way. Everyone's leaving. That's just our favorite thing to think about. Let's just follow. Like, we, we want help sometimes, and we appreciate it. And then you, somebody tells you, just sit here. Just, we'll be, somebody will be back for you. Yeah. And then you feel like you're sitting there like a chump for <laughs> no reason. Um, but yeah, overall, that, that all worked. We took the ferry, and then after we got off the ferry in Vancouver, we... You have to take... It's pretty far off. Like, it's yeah. a, quite a trip. You had to take a... You had to take a pretty long bus to get into Vancouver area and then from there you have to get take a SkyTrain where you have to buy um, oh. tickets to get on the SkyTrain so for that we again got assistance from a, from a stranger and they're pretty good at the SkyTrain right? yeah that's the thing too we didn't we should have used it on the way there you can call actually the SkyTrain in, in mm-hmm. BC and um, they will get a volunteer or not a, it's someone to come help you yeah. um, who actually works for the the company which in a lot of ways makes more sense because that person actually knows exactly what you're doing and you don't have to worry so much but I hope so so we did a boat a bit of both on when we went there and took the had to take, had to take the train we did end up just getting assistance from the general public but when we came back um, I think someone actually asked us and we and, and we found an agent who actually worked there to help us which was even more efficient but um, regardless we got on the right sky train we knew which stop we had to get off at and then when we got off there it was about an eight-minute walk to the hotel that I had booked, but um, mm-hmm. it was pretty rainy. Plus, we had done a lot of traveling at that point, so yeah. that was one of those moments where I was like, "Okay, time for a cab." <laughs> of um, course, they don't have Uber out there. Yes, they don't have Uber out there yet. Um, but the cabs are, are great. All the cab drivers are really nice, and mm-hmm. um, so we took a cab to the hotel. And uh, how were the hotel staff? They were pretty good. Um, didn't really need them. Didn't ask too much. Um, too many specifics there. The hotel was like pretty, pretty small. Nothing too crazy big, so it was easy enough to get oh, around. Okay. Um, and then yeah, we had a lovely weekend there. Kind of busy though. It's it's a lot of traveling, and we, we stayed there for two nights. But even that, a third night would have been even nice, just because the pretty much the day there is like yeah. four, f- five home. hours of travel almost one to get there. And then there. you're already kind of tired. And then you have one day, the Saturday, we had the full day, but then Sunday, then we had to get up, check out at 11 a.m. and go back, so. Right. Wow. Well, that was a big chunk of it. <laughs> so, where did you end up at um, the Pacific Training Center then? Well, that's a pretty big jump in subjects, but. Yeah, uh, well, they're halfway through here. You're listening to Outlook on 94.9 CHRW Radio Western. Yeah, we're on uh, every Monday. Every other Monday, we're on for an hour, but this <laughs> Monday, we're only on for a half an hour, so... Yeah, isn't that fun? Try and keep that straight, but uh, either way, if you tune in at 11 on Mondays, you'll hear us. And, uh, yeah, so we've talked a little bit on, on this show about these training centers that they have in the NFB, the National Federation of the Blind, which is the equivalent to the CFB, but in the U.S., and training centers are a big thing there, where it's a very intensive... Yeah, rehabilitation. There's one in Colorado, there's one in Minnesota, there's one in Louisiana. Yeah, so these are very intensive programs that train blind people. Um, <laughs> you sound like seals. <laughs> train, yeah. Poor us and poor seals. Um, to to do everything, pretty much. Life skills for cooking and cleaning and, and tr- so this, mobility and travel is a big part of it. This you'd think would be something for people who go blind later in life, and it is. 
but it's also people who. But a lot of us could probably use. Yeah, the it's, it's also a lot of people who were born blind, like like we were, but just didn't. You know, you struggle to learn the skills. Some people have a have a different upbringing than others. Some people have more training as they grow up and, than others, and um, some people, even though they are. They just don't have those skills, or they get things done for them, and then they become an adult and they want to be independent, but they just don't have the skills um, to do that. And there are programs through, through I believe, like the CNIB and other organizations that that do have some rehab portions. But it's a lot of these things. You know, you go once a week, or once every couple of weeks, or even once a month, and then that's just not enough to to really have anything stick. Yeah, for a lot of people, they would need to go. It's like going to school. Yeah, it needs to be a little more intensive to actually to actually be able to be remembered and stick in your mind so the the only center of this kind in canada at the moment is the pacific training center which is out in victoria and it's not quite as intensive i think it is for they have a uh, well they were experimenting with this homestay program Mm -hmm. um where it was a little more intensive because these people would be traveling from out of the city didn't actually live there right um, so to make it worth their time, it was more intensive. But the people who live there usually come for a couple of days, maybe it's a, day a program. week. Yeah, not even every day of the week. Yeah, it's only um, right. one or two days a week, maybe. So you guys. Um, so this this center um, was closed for a little bit. It's it's a difficult put keeping these things going because like anything, um, mm-hmm. it does cost money and just a quick. They have good employees, so they want to be able to pay them and the rent and to keep the, the rent the space. And, yeah. yeah, there's so many factors, right? So. Um, it is a great organization, and if you do feel um, inclined to donate, it's very much appreciated because we don't want these things to go away. We want these things to continue, and um, they are very amazing. So pacifictrainingcenter.ca slash donate. That's pacifictrainingcenter.ca slash donate, and uh, yeah, any little bit helps, right? So, Well, people are doing a lot of hard work to help help each other out. Yeah, and and again, the, the the concept of it of these centers is that they're run by blind people. They're you know, a lot of these other organizations. Which is the point of the CFB is the organized blind is what they call it. Yeah, so instead <laughs> of someone sighted teaching or someone how to travel with a cane, it's someone else who actually does travel with a cane that teaches it. And you'd always assume, oh, a blind person can't teach somebody another blind person how to cross a street. And I don't, you know, I couldn't. But it's a confidence thing, but it's yeah. also some certain also blind people that people. have done it for years and are very that. confident. Um, it makes more sense to come from them than someone who's sighted who doesn't actually They know travel. what to listen for with the cane. Like you said, they, they'll stand back and say, you're veering with your cane or, you know. Yeah, they're listening to the cane and they're listening to the traffic and they can probably tell like, oh, you're... Slapping it and you're, they're walking with you generally too or like close to, enough oh, to yeah, you. Yeah, they got to try and stick with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is, a, there is an instructor there out west like that who... Um, I think he he, I believe he used to be able to see actually, but did lose his sight. And his mobility skills are obviously very very good. And he teaches mobility there, so I saw a bit of that when I was there. And um, did you did you walk? You walked with him, and he like did a lesson with you almost. Yeah, well, not with me. He was he was oh. um, doing a lesson with my girlfriend, but he gave me he said a couple he things to me pointers. while I was walking, and I was I didn't want to interrupt too much because. Right. Um, I was just kind of there to follow along, but didn't um, know if two people if, can he? Because I thought he has take he takes out groups. He does the one the one time when I was there, he did take out um, uh-huh. a couple people. So um, and then I was kind of just there listening and tagging along. <laughs> um, so that's one of the main things they have there is the mobility training, and uh, they also have a lot of uh, work with Braille. So you know there might be some people who are coming in there that 
have no idea how to use Braille. Some people who maybe just recently went blind, or there's other people that that grew up with Braille but just haven't had as, as much practice. And it's always something good to work on. Um, and then they also do computer training as well. And uh, and they also have a, a roundtable discussion where they have different topics every day where they they spend some time really discussing uh, whatever it may be. What was it when you were there? Uh, the one was about apps and technology and stuff and. Mm-hmm. The one was kind of interesting because they don't really get much snow out there, and I don't know why they no. specifically picked it, but I guess occasionally, especially lately, they did actually have a little bit um, this year. Um, they talked about traveling in the snow and certain techniques that you'd use to travel in the snow because it can be more disorienting Yeah. Um, traveling when there's snow everywhere. So so overall, it was a great experience to actually see it in, in action. I have been there once before a couple years ago um, when we went there for the CFB, the Canadian Federation of the Blind Convention, but there I just briefly stopped in. I didn't actually see it in session, really, whereas this time I was there for two two days when it was actually happening, and it's it's a very neat program out there. So if you're ever out in, in BC and want to check it out, I'm sure they would they would uh, give you a tour there or whatever. Just look it up, pacifictrainingcenter.ca. If you need to see it to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope that's a good enough overview. All those blind people teaching it. each other stuff. Yeah. Just learn from the, the people who actually go through the same, th- same things you do, so... So coming up on about the last five minutes, um, not sure any, anything else about my trip specifically you'd like to talk there about. Any it's other experiences that happened, or as far as traveling and people you come across, or I'm trying to think. I mean, it's the whole thing. I've never actually, I've done a lot of independent travel on my yeah, own. Yeah, I was gonna say you've never gone out totally by yourself. No, uh, um, not out of this area. This well, like, yeah, like I was gonna say, I've. I've taken the tr- the the bus by myself from London to Toronto and stuff like that, but I've never flown by myself. Yeah. Um, and again, like like the ferry that we were talking about earlier, and the Sky Train out west, the airports are great for for assistance. Um, when you when you get when you book a plane ticket, you can indicate there's an option to check that you're visually impaired. Um, and even if you don't check that, you can go to the airport and generally, if you ask for help. Yeah. Um, they will depends how busy busy they yeah. are. Yeah, um, and there is also we've talked a little bit on this show about Ira, which I don't have. Yeah, maybe um, someday we'll get it. Huh? Where I just heard recently, there's a couple airports. I think Vancouver and Toronto are two of them yep. where Ira is free. Um, it's a, yeah, it's always got a plan you pay. Yeah, so you, you generally pay pay for this service where it's a. You call up and use the camera on your phone, and it's a sighted person on the other end. Well, they do actually have options for blind people as well, but um, generally it's sighted people for yeah. these types of situations. Which is good. You'd want a blind department. <laughs> who can help you through the airport. Um, and that's another option. Yeah, I'd like to try it someday. I did it before, but not in an airport. But I I, I didn't. I don't have Ira at the moment. Um, so I did just get a someone at the airport to help guide me, and that worked really well. They helped me to my gate, and everything worked out well. They didn't force you into a wheelchair? No, they did. They did ask a couple times. Um, would you prefer a wheelchair? And and I'm not. I'm I'm able-bodied. I can walk. So I was. I was just said, no, it's okay. I'll I'll just uh, follow her. Or I'll just grab an arm or whatever. And yeah. And they were all they were fine about it. Okay. Sometimes if you're in like a, a a rush, maybe. But I can also walk quite fast. So yeah, you're fast. I don't mind. Um, the one time I was a little worried was it was a connecting flight. So there was two yeah. flights. I flew to Vancouver and then va- Vancouver to Victoria and. When I flew there, the flight in Vancouver was um, delayed a little bit when we, once we got to the airport because someone had passed out on the plane, so they were waiting for a paramedic. So I was worried, oh, I'm going to miss my connecting flight. And then I got off, and they 
they end up putting me on one of those carts. Um, they have these wheelie carts at the airports if you need mm-hmm. to get from one gate to another, which I can walk fast. They wouldn't have needed to, but <laughs> depending how far it is, sometimes they think the only problem with those is they f- have other people to get on them. So we had to sit and wait for other people oh. to get on. And I'm just not like, always. Sometimes there's no one else. Yeah, but know. in this case, there wasn't. I was thinking, oh. like, I need to get to this plane. Like, maybe it would have been faster if I was walking here. I'm just sitting here waiting. It wasn't motorized, was it? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway. Um, but anyway. <laughs> It was pretty close, and I thought I had missed the connecting flight, and obviously they would get me on the next one because it wasn't my fault. Um, but luckily, I did just catch it in time. The flight actually waited for me, I think, a couple of minutes. I was the last one on, and the second I got on, it took off. But you didn't uh, get in the wrong plane like Home Alone 2. <laughs> no, none of, that, none of that's happened. Those shenanigans. So. <laughs> yeah, right. So they were good on the airplane, too? Yeah, on, on the airplane. It w- they explained where you were sitting, where, like, the emergency exit is or the bathroom or yeah they always do that they give you a, a briefing on oh you're this many rows from the washroom behind you and uh, here's where the call button is mm-hmm. actually on the way there I think the call button on the plane was a touch screen oh, on one of them <laughs> so here we go they were going to try to show me and they probably still could have because it's still kind of in the same spot on the screen um, but there was no real marking so then they were like oh just call out and someone will hear you <laughs> which I get that but that's also a little bit nerve wracking to yes just like yell the out bus today plane, when like. the, the announcements weren't working couldn't hear them yeah that happened on our way in Again, today on the bus I can't rely on these things yeah so um, but on the way back they actually did show me there was a button I never ended up having to use it um, had a mm-hmm. really great the way there wasn't quite as quite as good I mean I could have called out I heard them come through when they had the paid service for food and drinks oh because um, you got something on the way home. But they didn't ask every person. They kind of just came down the aisle. They were like, um, however they word it, um, f- food and drinks for a, for a price or whatever. <laughs> um, and I didn't call out and bother. But on the way back, there was a really nice uh, flight attendant. They didn't actually stop with by me when they had the food and drinks. But then uh, a few minutes later, she came by to check on me, and she asked, huh. um, "Did you did you get any did you want any paid st- stuff?" They came through with that, and I said, "No, actually, maybe I sh- maybe I will." Um, and then she You're did, an afterthought. Yeah, then she did go back <laughs> and um, confirm, and they and they got me a, a chicken wrap. So, yeah, well, travel—it's fun. Yeah, overall, it was a it was a very smooth trip. Took good experience. Took the the transit there, a lot of buses, and then we also took cabs quite oh a bit goodness, too, depending yeah. on so much the mood. And sometimes travel. it's just faster depending on how you're feeling. And I I always like the idea of doing one of each of taking a cab dep- uh-huh. depending which way it is either taking the bus to get somewhere and taking a cab home or vice versa yeah. depending the one day we were really hungry so we took a cab to get to the breakfast place and then <laughs> and after the breakfast we found the grocery store way back. Um, well we actually did have to f- we found the grocery store but then we actually took a cab back as well because we had groceries and mm-hmm. so you went really to the grocery want. store too you got some assistance there you were everywhere <laughs> yeah we were all over the place and all the good food out there and everything yeah I went to tons of different restaurants and Grocery stores a few times, and yeah, it was it was quite the experience. So, all right, Dallas Road. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we began this episode. Yeah, it's a great spot to check out there in Victoria, and uh, yeah, if you ever head out that way, feel free to send us an email. If you're blind and you need any tips, <laughs> I've done it. We, well, you both done it, I guess, because you were in you were in Victoria and Vancouver as well for conventions with me. So, we've done it. We've both been out west, and yeah, we've done it. <laughs> Right. And that's partly that's why we do the show, just to talk about these things and you don't know who could be listening. So, Yeah, and again, I also want to just 
mention that everyone is at a different level, and there's and yeah. there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. It's it does take a lot of time and practice, and it's it's it can feel intimidating, but you know you got to start somewhere, and you can't worry about oh I'm this age and I haven't done this or that. It's it, it time happens differently for everyone, so I think it's um it's just something to be aware of that it is possible, and there are people out there to help and and we want to work together in this in this organization we don't want it to feel like there's a there's a level of people we're trying or, to get organized here yeah we're all we're all at different we all lead different lives we all have different situations going on but it, we do have one thing in common is that we we're all blind and we're trying to figure things out together so it's just important to to stick with it and Look That's up why the, we'll be back next week. Yeah, look up the Sticking with it. Canadian Federation of the Blind and what we do and the organized blind and how important this stuff is. So, mm-hmm. All right, All I right, guess. A leap year coming up. Yeah. 29th. We'll be back in March. With uh, an hour episode again. Yeah. Not sure what we have in store for next week, but we'll figure that out. <laughs> Stay tuned. See you then. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see you in a week. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.